looking forward to today. All right? Thank you, Brother Justin. Amen. If you will, open your Bible to the book of the Hebrews, chapter number 3. book of the Hebrews, chapter number 3. As Evangelist Justin Baker said, I, I do pastor the University Church, University Baptist Church of Conway. And uh, I'll go ahead and let you know I'm a little biased. I do have the best church in the whole wide world. Amen. Amen. I, 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 can, I can definitely say that. Nothing against no. I don't have to go to any other church in the world to know I've got the best church. But uh, I'm glad God sent me down there. I'm, uh, I'm just an old hick out of Henrietta, out of the foothills of the mountains of western North Carolina. So uh, that, that slobber slinging, sweat wiping preaching just might show up here today. I don't know. But uh, I, I just want to give you a little bit of, of help from the Lord um, here just for a few minutes um, out of the book of the Hebrews. I don't want to take up too much of your time today, but I appreciate this good crowd out here at the Tri-State Baptist Fellowship. Amen. 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 Hebrews uh, chapter number 3. Now I'll go ahead and, and, and hit this off real quick, fast, and in a hurry. You might know. I don't know. Uh, you might know. I don't know who the writer of the book of the Hebrews is. But I do know this writer was right was was under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost. Amen. So this is God's Amen. word, all right? This yeah. is New Testament. But yeah. I also realize this that this is written to the Hebrews. This was written to Jews that have been converted to Christianity. And right here we're going to find in our text these Jews, they're wanting to kind of go back and follow Moses. And the writer is trying to head some things off. And he's reminded them that Moses, although albeit was wonderful, he was a great leader. Christ is even better than Moses. Christ was better in his manhood. He was better in his ministry. And he was better in his methods. And, and he's reminding them he's got to be very delicate uh, with these people. Uh, Hebrews chapter 3 verse 1 says, Wherefore? Holy brethren. He's talking to saved folk. You realize whenever you're saved, you're accounted as holy, not because of anything that you do, but because of Christ in you. Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and the high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who hath builded the house hath more honor than the house. For every house is built by some man, but he that built all things is God. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant, for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken hereafter. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. He's, he's reminding them that Jesus is just so much more. We're in a new covenant. They don't have to go back and practice the law of Moses. They don't have to go back and try to submit themselves under the six, uh, 613 Levitical laws. And they don't have to do that. Jesus is just so much better. But then it goes on to say in verse number 7 this, Wherefore, 
as the Holy Ghost saith today, if you hear his voice, harden not your hearts as in the provocation in the days of temptation in the wilderness. The writer here realizes that these Jews, these Hebrews, they're having a heart problem. You see, the reason why they want to go back and practice the law is because in their heart they just don't believe that Jesus really is sufficient. They just don't believe that the blood really is sufficient. They feel like they must add works to grace. They, they feel like they have to go back and practice the law. The, the problem they have is not their theology. The problem that they have is not their doctrine. The problem that they have is their warning to harden their heart. And so the writer is trying to bring an illustration and he's taking them all the way back to Moses whenever Moses had went in front of Pharaoh and you kind of know how it goes I'll paraphrase Pharaoh let God's people go Pharaoh says mm, I think about it but no nah, I don't feel like it he comes back Pharaoh let God's people go Amen. I don't really want to Pharaoh let God's people go finally finally Pharaoh lets God's people go so then they leave bondage. They, they leave the affliction that they're living in. The man of God has stepped on the scene and he has redeemed God's people. But here's the thing. Pharaoh chases them back down and he tries to pull them back. And the whole time Moses is, is continuing to, to perform miracles as he parts the Red Sea and turns the water into blood and proves that he's God's man over and over and over again. And all they wanted to do when they got to the other side was complain and said you know what man of God you changed everything it's not like it used to be we'd rather go back out into bondage we'd rather go back to what we was doing because we were used to it we're not ready for freedom and liberty in the Lord they had a heart problem. They were hardening their heart to the man of God they were hardening their heart to God himself and they wanted to go back to their religion or their bondage and stay that way. And so the writer here is making that illustration about the whenever they wandered around in the wilderness for 40 years. Now I do know how that story ends up. I do realize that Moses was up on that hill and he looked out on, on that Canaan land, his eyes undimmed in his old age, and God took him. And I understand the man of God, uh, he, he finished his assignment. He was faithful to the end, but God kept his promises. God did deliver them into Canaan, but they had to get right with God. They had to soften their heart. They had to get to the point where they realized that Moses is not the problem and the Pharaoh is not the problem. It's me, it's me, oh Lord, standing in the new prayer. It's me. They realized that they had a heart problem and the only one can fix it is God Almighty. And here it is, the writer of Hebrews realizes that they're dealing with the exact same situation. Harden, verse 8, verse 8, Harden not your hearts as in the provocation, in the day of temptation in the wilderness. When your fathers tempted me, proved me, and saw my works forty years, wherefore I was grieved with that generation, and said, they do always err in their heart, and they have not known my ways. So I swear in my wrath, 
They shall not enter into rest. That enter into rest is not heaven, friend. He's talking about Canaan land. But God keeps His promises. Quickly today, I want to show you just a few things on this uh, title. The danger of hardening your heart. There's a danger when it comes to hardening your heart. Do you realize that just as they harden their hearts, you and I can easily harden our hearts to the goodness and to the grace of God? We can become nonchalant around the holy things of God to where we become desensitized to the things of God. And eventually we just become ritualistic and we just go through the motions. Let me show you the dangers of hardening your heart. Number one, I see that there's a provocation I see the provocation in verse 8. Harden not your hearts as in the provocation. This provocation, you say, preacher, what, what does that word mean? Well, like I said, I'm just a hick from Henrietta. I had to look it up myself. And this word provocation means action or speech that makes someone annoyed or angry. This results in, in having a reflex to hate, to abuse, and to reject anyone in authority they they had a provocation these jews here these hebrews here had a provocation as uh, as they resented the office of the high priest they didn't like jesus they had a problem with him they kept wanting to serve moses they had a problem with with the son of god they they, they rejected him as, as being the high priest they rejected his position and they rejected his power. Do you realize that Acts had already happened? The day of Pentecost had already happened. The apostolic signs, gifts, and wonders had already happened. That's how the Jews were converted. They seen the power of God. They felt the touch of God. They seen all these miraculous works. And here they are and they've hardened their hearts to it. Because Jesus requires change. And they did not want to change. So they had the provocation. They rejected authority of those over them. Oh my, our churches today. Brother Davis and I just briefly touched about it. I know I'm pretty young, but I tell you what. Growing up, I was raised and I was taught to respect my pastor. Now that I'm an adult... And I understand I'm out pastoring a church to myself. If my pastor called me right now and said, Brother Waters, I need you to turn in your, your uh, white F, uh, Ford Explorer out there and I need you to, to make it black, well, guess what? I'll be at tomorrow morning right at the dealership doing exactly as my pastor told me. Why? Because I respect the man of God in authority. If he believes, if he's, on, if he's in touch with God, he believes. Now, granted, he wouldn't do that, by the way, just being hyperbolic. But if he really believed that would help me spiritually, I'd listen to the man of God in my life. He's there as a shepherd. He's there to watch out from the wolves. Whenever all these wolves or all these false teachers and preachers come on the TV screen and they come over the YouTube and they create a podcast. Whenever all these wolves come in and try to indoctrinate you, you've got your shepherd there to watch out for you and say, No, no, what thus saith the Lord counts. They rebelled against the leadership of those in charge. You do realize that rebellion is under witchcraft. I've never seen such rebellion in our churches. They want to do it their way and not God's way. They want to do it how Mama and Dan did it and not what the Bible says. There's such rebellion going on in our churches. Secondly, today, I want to show you the process of information that caused them to harden their heart. Do you realize that God does reveal the will for your life? It might be in increments at a time, but He does reveal it for you. And, the, and God is revealing His will for them. But they don't want to do it. They don't want to stop doing what they used to do. 
They don't want to say, you know what, Jesus, I'm just going to surrender you to you. They don't want to say, you know what, Jesus, it is by works, but it's by your works that you paid on the cross of Calvary. It's just a free gift on my part. I don't have to work to earn my salvation. I don't have to work to keep my salvation. All I have to do is trust in Jesus' works. It was difficult. The religious man wants to rise up and say, I must do this and I must do that. And all they got to do is trust in Jesus. They reject this information. Your heart will be hardened as you reject the preaching of the Word of God. You reject the Holy Spirit that comes by. And you will, you will want to respond to your wants and needs instead of what God wants and needs from you. Yes. You want to know how to find yourself in the will of God? Find yourself early and quite often. Just throwing in that white flag every day to the Amen. Lord. Amen. Lord, whatever you want today. Amen. Lord, wherever you want me to go today. Lord, if it means uprooting my family out of the mountains of western North Carolina and taking them down to the coast, Lord, I'll do it. Whatever that looks like for you. Amen. The process of information caused them to harden their heart. Then there's the, the, the postponing of your decision that hardens your heart. Do you realize that delayed obedience is still disobedience? When God puts something on your heart, then you respond. That's why we have to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost. And whenever we are so carnally minded and so fleshly minded, it puts a hindrance on the Holy Ghost trying to get a hold of us, trying to speak to us, trying to teach to us. The postponing of, of, of the decision hardens your hearts when you put off what you know you should do. Can I just be blunt? You know what you're supposed to do. God's already telling you. I ain't got to tell you. I don't know what's in your heart. But you're putting it off. Today is the day. Make that decision. Why not here? Why not now? Stop putting it off because if you keep doing it, you will harden your heart. And that's a dangerous place to be. You realize that by postponing your decision, it pulls others away from God? God might be calling you to be a soul winner. God might be calling you to be a prayer warrior. God might be calling you to be a leader in your community. And if you don't do as God tells you to do, there's no telling the consequences. I want to show you as well, the preaching of the Word of God is totally ignored. They refused to listen to the preaching. I've been in church services. I'm talking about, I I get in about as, as far in, I get about 15 minutes in like I am right now. People are already getting up to leave and walk out. And praise God, if somebody gets saved, they ain't going to know about it until they're at Dale's Seafood or they're at the fish restaurant or, or the, re- the restaurant down the road. They ain't going to know about it until after the fact. Until, until regular crowd shows up late because all of heaven is rejoicing over the value of one that just got saved. Amen. I, I've never seen anything like it in my day. People refuse to sit through the preaching of the Word of God. I, I've, never, I've never seen anything like it in, in, in this world. They refuse to listen to it. They refuse to like it. One of the worst things that could ever happen to America yeah. and the downfall of America, it did not happen on a godless liberal college campus. It did not happen in the White House. It happened in the church pew. Yep. Come on, preacher. Help. When everybody wanted to eat preacher pie and deacon dumpling, and they wanted to run down the man of God and his wife and his children, all behind his back, and tear down the church and sow discord amongst the brethren. Yeah. Mm. 
That was the downfall of America. We wonder why our church pews are empty. We should look and take a good examination and realize we have hardened our hearts. That's where it started at. We refuse. And instead of repenting, instead of when the Holy Ghost come by and shook you to your core and spoke to you, you let them pass on by. Mm. I'll be honest with you, I can get past the, the first two parts. But this is the part I, I just feel bad for you. If you don't like the preaching or if you don't want to listen to the preaching, I just feel, I pity you. But this last part now, this last part breaks my heart. It's those that refuse to be led by the Spirit of God. Yeah. Yeah. It ain't me you're listening to, it's God speaking to you. Yeah, yeah, say amen. You do realize that I am a broken vessel. I am so unworthy, but He is worthy. And I'm just telling you how good God is. But as He woos you, as He calls you, whether it be in a relationship or to mend your broken fellowship or to restore something in your life or to get rid of that habitual sin, oh my friend, the dangers of hardening your heart. He may not pass by again. I see the bleeding of the Holy Spirit is resented. That wooing that God does is to bring you to salvation. I don't know about you, but hey, for me and my wife, I had to woo her. I knew her in high school. And she was pretty then too, hallelujah. She gets prettier now as we grow older. I tell you what, now that she mothers... Uh, all three of my children, she is the most beautiful woman that God's ever given me. And we just grow in that love for one another. But even back then in high school as teenagers, I tried to woo her and she was like, nope, I know who you are. So then I met, I saw her after high school and I said, hey, Miss Taylor, I want you to know I'm not the same guy I used to be. I'm worse now. I'm just kidding. I'm better. God's changed my life. She didn't want to give me time of day, so I had to I had to chase her down. I had to woo her. I had to tell her how pretty her eyes was and how pretty her mouth is. She had all of her teeth, hallelujah. And coming out of the mountains, that is a luxury. Can I get an amen? I'm talking about she was a beautiful a girl as ever did I ever did lay eyes on, and she's shorter than Pastor Waters. Can you believe it? Match made in heaven. I had to woo her, I had to run her down. I had to convince her that I was better than any other man out there in this world. And I was going to take care of her better than anybody else in this world. And I was going to raise a family and be a better daddy than any other man in this world. Well, can I submit to you today that Jesus does that same wooing. Jesus wants to chase you down. And Jesus wants to tell you how He's so much better than anything this world has to offer you. And He's willing to chase you down and convince you that He is just so much more than we ever could even tell. Amen. There's the wooing. The wooing is resented. There's the withdrawal from reproving. I'm glad for godly mentors in my life. Brother Justin's one of them. He's not a yes man. I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. He tells me in a somewhat sweet way that I'm doing wrong and how I need to get it right. That's reproving. I need that in my life. But people, people... People, self-included because I'm people, cannot stand it when we're wrong. And so we do not 
suffer to be reproved. To be reproved it simply means to be coachable. Yeah. Somebody's going to tell you what's wrong, but then they're going to tell you how to get it right. Amen. The best mentors in my life were my coaches. Now that I'm not playing football and I'm not wrestling, the best mentors in my life are preachers. And that is the only, that is the only mentors I want in my life. Amen. They're God's men. Amen. The pleading of the Holy Ghost is resisted when you just wish He'd leave you alone. I've seen people... I tell you, I don't know if they're saved. I don't know. If they are saved, they need to tell their face that they're saved. Because they don't look like they're saved. They Amen. sit there. Amen, Come Bless me if you can, preacher. Bless God, my name's been on the roll for 60 years. I'm going to sit, soak, and sour. Well, fine, honey. You can go ahead and rush, on, rush your way on to glory. I'm just going to happen to go a, a screaming and a shouting. You go however you want to go. But so many people, they just want to sit there and they want to rush their way on to glory. They, they, they just want to sit there in, in their, in their churchianity and they don't want to step out of their comfort zone. They just wish God just leave them alone. There's danger in that. It'll harden your heart. I'm killing it on time, by the way. I want to show you two more points and I'll wrap up. The power of the gospel unto salvation is rejected. I see there's an unbelief in Christ. You say, who is Christ? Well, a man named Ben Shapiro would say he was just a good Jew that tried to lead the rebellion. Let's say, who is Christ? Well, the Buddhists will say he's another Buddha. He was another enlightened one. Who is Christ? He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He is deity wrapped in humanity. He's born of a virgin. And oh, by the way, I meant virgin. I didn't mean young woman. He was overshadowed by the Holy Ghost. 100% man. 100% God. Incapable of sin. Perfect. That's who Christ is. If you've got an issue with any of that, you have unbelief in Christ. Because you don't accept Christ just as He is. And that comes from hardening your heart. Unbelief in the church. Church has got problems. You know how I know? Because I'm a member of a church and i got problems. Amen. We're just problem children. But we got a Heavenly Father that knows all about it. And we can take our problems straight to Him. And He can straighten us out. And He can fix it. And He can love us just as we are. Just where we are. We can come in any condition, in any state that we're in. But as much problems as we have in our churches, you do realize that pearl of great price. Christ purchased the whole field to get that pearl. Mm. That pearl is you today, beloved. He loves you that much. He purchased the whole field to get you. He purchased the church. The power of God unto salvation is rejected when you're unwilling to make any of our changes. Now, I don't want to get into any debate on, on, on when repentance comes, how repentance comes, this, that, and the third, but I do know this, we ought to repent. Yes. And let me explain to you what that word repent means in that country boy knowledge. It means to turn to God. Amen. Turn from your sin and turn Amen. to God. Amen. Because God is the only way out of it. Amen. We'll show you lastly today, you've been such a great audience today, and the dangers of hardening your heart, you'll pass up one opportunity after the other. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 24 says, Because I called, and ye refused, I have stretched out my hand, 
and no man regarded. There are those, they waited too late to trust Christ. Waited too late. And when it's too late, it's too late. I can't preach your funeral and preach you into heaven because you harden your heart every step of the mile. And God reached out His hand to you. And you would not reach up. I understand He had to reach down further than I can reach up. But you still got to reach. The ways of sin has kept you from turning to Christ. Sin does have a pleasure season. But it's a season. It make you feel good in the moment. But I'm sure what I'm about to say you've heard. Sin will take you further than you want to go. It will keep you longer than you want to stay. And it will cost you more than you want to pay. Yes. Mercy, mercy. The will of God for your salvation is now. Yes. Amen. 2 Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slack concerning His promises, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward. Y'all figured that word out on your own. Here's my favorite part. Not willing that any should perish. Now, I do have a doctorate degree. I I, I did study Greek. That word any, in the Texas Receptus, it means any. Not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God keeps His promises. Jesus died for the whosoever will. I'm glad I'm in that fold. Listen, today I appreciate your time. Appreciate you allowing me to come preach behind the sacred desk. Thank you, Pastor. I appreciate your time. I'm going to pray. We're going to ask the Lord to help us. I'm going to turn it back over to Brother Justin. Our Heavenly Father, today, Lord, we want to thank you for the Word of God. God, we want to thank you for the convicting power that you have. We thank you for Jesus and the blood that was shed on Calvary. God, we thank you for the Holy Ghost that's coming by our way here today at Star First Baptist Church. Well, thank you for your goodness, for your mercy. Oh, God, I pray, start with me, oh, Lord. Lord, you showed me earlier, just in my journey to Walmart, something simple in my life and how in a simple thing I'd even hardened my heart. And, Lord, you convicted me. Thank you for your conviction. Because, God, I realize in your word, whom God loveth, he chasteneth. God, I thank you for chastening me. Lord, I thank you for correcting me, Lord. Lord, I thank you for helping me. Lord, there may be those under the sound of my voice today, Lord. Lord, they realize there are some things that they are putting off for you, Lord. Lord, there are some things in their life, some unconfessed sin. Lord, they may may or may not know you as Savior. I don't know. God, you know. God, I pray today be the day of salvation, that they have freedom in you. God, I pray today be the day they surrender to that call that you have on their heart. God, I pray today will be the day that they feel that liberty as they confess that sin, Lord, whatever it is, that freedom. And God, we thank you so much for being a relational God that we can call on you. God, we thank you so much, Lord, that that there's a unity here in the house of God today. God, we are so glad... Lord, that the old time way still works. And Lord, we're going to stick by it. Lord, thank you so much. We love you. It's in Jesus' name we ask and pray.